Yo, 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 live from my mama's laundry room. It's me, Uptown Bobby. Oh, uh, and live from my bedroom slash wig room is a Kev Quick Pick Lock. So, <laughs> and welcome to another episode of The Side Eye. We are back again, coming out the Super Bowl after Valentine's Day, after all that. February is a busy month to be so short, even though mm-hmm. it's a day longer because of leap year, but very busy, booked and busy. Um, so, I guess we'll jump right into it. Let's talk about Usher's Super Bowl performance. Uh, I, I think it was pretty good. Lots going on. A lot of, a lot to be, I'm not going to say desired, but it definitely was different from what I had in my head. Um, I, I'm glad he, every, I feel like every Super Bowl performance has to have a lot of acts because, like a lot of acts within the acts because it's, it's what, 15 minutes, but who really got a catalog to go through that many songs and you not do it without anybody aid. I think the last time I saw a Super Bowl performance that was like really one person was probably Prince. Mm. And um, Prince was kind of like one of those. And I, I'm when I say that, I mentioned like probably a black artist. I know they had a lot of bands after that, like the Who and the Rolling Stones and, and shit like that, who could just do long sets like that because it's like a band. But Prince was like the last act I actually watched and enjoyed that went through a whole set pretty much by themselves. And me, you know, then he is Prince. So when you when you do Super Bowl X with modern X nowadays, it's a lot of friends that come along. So uh, I wasn't expecting Alicia Keys. I didn't even I don't know why, but I it's like I erased my boot from my mind. Like, <laughs> and I was I was happy that she got a chance to be out there because you know she is Alicia Keys. That you know, controversial aside, you know, with the whole stole somebody man thing she she was a big act in the 2000s she was a very big deal so it was good to see her it was good to see her uh the artist perform the guitar solo that was a surprise that probably been the most pleasant surprise of the whole night and uh the 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 roller skate thing with uh he did omg i thought that was a good way to do the song i knew he was gonna do the song because the song was too big for at that point not to do but he i like the way he did it and I also enjoyed uh, the closing with yeah with the but did he close with yeah yeah well I like the way he did yeah yeah I like the way he did right I like the I like the way Lil Jon came out I like the way Usher came out I, I didn't even I, for some reason I didn't think Usher would be I mean, not Usher I didn't L- think Ludacris would be yeah. there mm-hmm. right so yeah it was real good that he brought all his friends out Jermaine Dupree pretty much was like the the MC so it was cool it was real good I'm glad he showed that you know. That love, you know, he, he put the whole Atlanta, you know, out there. Pretty much was a good storybook moment for his career and a good montage of his career. So, what did you think? I, I thought it was great. I mean, um, like I said, it's a lot to fit in the 15 minutes. But that's like with any artist that's on that level, you know, any artist at the Super Bowl is going to have a, a catalog of hits. So, it's going to be a lot to kind of push in into, into the 15 minutes. But I thought he did a good job of like, Doing both some of the some of the ballads, snippets of the ballads, but also like the big hits. Like I'm surprised he sort of got caught up. That was, was that was surprising. Um, but he had, you know, you don't have the calls in there. Like I said, oh my god, a little bit of love in this club. Um, of course, I knew it was gonna end. Of course, he had to end with yeah, because that's the one that everybody knows. You know, even if you don't mm-hmm. know Usher, you know that you know that song. So yeah, definitely that. Um, you know, Alicia, you know, a a a shaky start. 
Yeah, but she, but you know, but she, but she got, she got, they, 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 you know, she, 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 she performed as, as performance was supposed to do. So that's, so that, that counts. And, you know, she, you know, um, God, so, no, I heard that first one. I was like, mm, girl, that's another thousand mm. memes, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but you know, but she, but she got through it. So, um, cause I will say this cause Usher's mic was on, um, to do to do all that with all the everything going you know everything happening around him all the costume changes the skating you know to do all that while also singing live and doing and, and being that physical and also in the drive Vegas heat you know that's it that is that that is a, a testament to his skills as a as a singer and as a you know a showman I, so that's that's that too um guest list I mean as I think as far as Grammy the guest list go I mean Grammy a Super Bowl guest list go I think it's pretty he kept it pretty short what he had well about five people all together so you know that's that's about i guess it's a standard so um i don't know what jermaine was wearing i'm just gonna say that uh <laughs> I, I mean look like a little boy like bears and cream but i mean you know uh but still legend producer you know I, I, of course jd is gonna be there because jd is, has such a big part in usher's career so there's that too um but overall yeah i was happy with it. i thought, I thought it, was, it was a great job like i said great for his great uh summation of like his legacy because i think usher does get overlooked um by people in terms of like just the, the amount of hits that he's had, the cow that he has, you know, not just great singles, but, you know, I would say he has at least two great albums, you know, two, two, two classic albums in his catalog. Um, and just, you know, just the impact he's had over the last, you know, 30 years this year. So. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I absolutely agree. He's an artist that he's big, but like, it's like it is kind of like sometimes he gets forgotten and i'm glad he's getting this renaissance to get his flowers because he was a big deal like i remember when he came well when i noticed him with my way uh when 97 mm-hmm. and um that was a big moment i remember the you made me want a video it was crazy it was like this young dude who had all this you know the sex appeal all this this talent and just to watch him go from you know, music artist to actor to pop icon, it was just crazy. You know, Usher, he still looks the same to say that he's what, in his mid 40s. He yeah. looks the same. Uh, it's like he hasn't aged really. So that's that's a gift in itself. And then his voice is still intact. He still can dance. It's like you think about Michael, Michael Jackson, somebody we'll get to later. By the time he was Usher's age, he was like on his third or fourth face. He he couldn't even really do still most of the stuff that he you know was known for because his body was so ragged and and torn and, and you know not just from you know the music but from just life just a, mm-hmm. just a rough life so it's it's very rare we get to see an artist stay clear of controversy because like Usher has he's had a few scandals but nothing that was like hard yeah, hitting yeah, like yeah right you know people try to say he had you know sti you know that we still don't know if that was even true it was more like some dirt sheet shit and you know then the divorce but that was really it that was like the only scandals he's had everything else he's had a pretty clean career for the most part you know and he's able to he's been taking care of himself like we mentioned so it's good to see an artist make it to this age in life and be getting celebrated and still be having new opportunities because like let's be honest he's making new music but we're here for the hits you know we here for the hits, and we here to see him do those hits. So he's still able to do his catalog 
and release new music and now release like this this tour that's being sold mm-hmm. out. So yeah, he's really it's he's he's really remaking his career. And I think that's really cool to see for an artist his age. Cause you know, mm-hmm. like like we just said, most male artists, when they get to their 40s, they kind of just become legacy acts. And it's well, like yeah, legacy it, acts the, the, yeah, don't I have was, that much room. Yeah. Yeah, I would say the thing, I would say first that the music is actually, you know. I don't, I don't know if it, I don't know if it sounds to the to the to the classics, quote unquote, but it's it's still I mean good good and and the other track I heard uh uh it's passable kind of, it's good it's it's, it's Af- like none of us like an Afrobeat track I'll keep thinking the title of it but both of them are, are at least they they there's good R and B songs you know right. um but even just yeah getting back to you said about male artists aging I think in a way what 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 helps them in youth kind of uh. Or and even thanks to patriarchy, kind of kind of paralyzes them in in middle age. It's like because a female artist, they always they're expected to change, they're expected to evolve, they're expected to sort of keep, uh, for lack of a better word, reinventing themselves to sort of like keep people interested in them. So that requires that they be, you know, part of this sexism, but that requires them to be, you know, to be interesting in a way that male artists don't have to be. And so, but ironically, it's probably the, probably the reason why you have female artists that have longer a longer shelf life in terms of pop stars, and you have male ones because it's like, okay, what what's she, what she going to do next? You know, with a male artist that that sort of that sort of uh, lack of expectation that they change drastically also kind of puts them in a box. Mm. Yeah, and that's true. Uh, it's just that he's he's been one to to fight through the. The, the usual, I guess, roadblocks that come with there, because like you know, uh, usually they don't get these minute these chances to really just have this resurgence, like he's had. You know, the Vegas residency and the Tiny Desk and uh, the Super Bowl, and now he gets a tour. You know, uh, shit, I can't. <laughs> I think only maybe Luther got that type of juice, or um, with Charlie Wilson when they get older, but they were like a little bit older. They they couldn't. They can't do it. We all know how. Well, well, uh, in terms in terms of like the modern sort of pop R and B performer, yeah, Uh, yeah, which is kind of hard to see that. Yeah, which I mean, because really, you know, that started with really with Michael and Prince. So you're really Mm -hmm. seeing who who comes after because I mean, you have Bobby, who's kind of kind of a bridge between someone like Michael and someone like Usher. But of course, Bobby, Bobby had his, you know, yes, exactly. But 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 so, so yeah, so really with Usher, you're seeing, you know. How that how that plays out, you know, because right, as far as like the modern male pop star, you know, right, and he still gets to take his shirt off. He still gets mm-hmm. to be like that guy. Like Bobby, after like he had to go back to New Edition and kind of like lean on them to to get back, you know, mm-hmm. in good graces, you know, to to get clean and to get back mm-hmm. into uh, the star appeal, you know. Then he had the the marriage with Whitney, you know. Then it kind of became a reality reality tv star so it was just mm. kind of rocky then you think about other acts who kind of like people just didn't take them seriously uh i think about babyface but he he was more so behind the scenes you know it, right. just, it, it never got as big as it was like doing the like not early 90s and late 80s we just ushered in that in that mode of like you know entertainers showmen song and dance man. Mm-hmm. yeah and that's exactly. different than, that's different than a baby face or even a prince because i mean prince is a dancer too but prince had the whole he could lean to the guitar rock guitar guy thing you know right he mm-hmm. never had to do like all these counts that usher's doing you know right. this whole mm-hmm. choreography set so it's mm-hmm. it's good to see it almost reminds me of like janet jackson as far as like usher's um career because it's like they they get older and sometimes 
I don't think they get the respect they deserve, but they're still legends and they always find ways to still be as good as they were the last time you saw them. Mm. Um, and I think that's the, the, the person I can think comes to mind when I think of how Usher's career is going, you know, uh, just very talented, always able to adapt. Um, and just, they know what they public, they know what their audience wants to hear. And they just, they just keep up with themselves, you know, um, Mm-hmm. It's just really good to see somebody still get their flowers, especially a black act, you know, and mm-hmm. a male act who doesn't have to have all this tragedy or, you know, uh, controversy attached to their name. You know, mm-hmm. no rapists, no no drug, no heavy drug use, no, you know, all that other crazy shit that attached to a lot of these people, you know, like the person who will not be named, but, you know, Usher did do a song with them. So, yes. you know, so, <laughs> yes. Yeah, but um, another surprise that came from that night was, uh, this woman she knows how to pick her moments, and I'm not gonna say it <laughs> overshadowed. I'm not gonna say it overshadowed Usher's moment, but it definitely was something people talked about at the end of the night, probably more than the game was Beyonce uh releasing uh two new songs, and pretty much showing what Act Two might be. Um, yeah, I think what it actually I, is. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I, I don't want to jump out the window yet, but it seems like this is this is the direction. Yeah, um, she's going country, and I think I, I can't. I haven't went back to listen to our older episodes when we talked about like what all is supposed to be with this Act Three thing attached to it. But um, you did mention maybe Act Two being something different from uh, what we expect, maybe like. We didn't know if it may be visuals or what, but you were like, maybe it's just a whole different sound or play with sounds. Mm. You feel vindicated? <laughs> um, I guess a little bit. I don't know. I mean, just nobody really, I think it's part of the fun of it. It's like, it's like when she put out the, the Act One Renaissance, okay, we knew that was that, that was a, the new album Renaissance. We knew like, okay, Act One, then what is Act Two going to be? So I think it's been part of the fun just to speculate. Um, I mean, you kind of see it coming because she had the whole, I mean, she went to the Grammys and she, she had the whole, you know, Texas tycoon realness outfit on. Uh, and so, you know, the cowboy had everything else. So maybe got the feeling that something was coming, but at the same time, you know, she just finished, you know, act one in terms of the tour. I wrapped it, you know, in the fall and then the film came out, you know, late fall, early winter. So I don't think anybody expected it to be this fast, you know, uh, just, just quick up a turnaround. So, but then you know, had the Verizon commercial, and then then that, that night, you know, the two songs came out. So, mm-hmm. so what were your first impressions of the two songs? Uh, Texas Hold'em and mm-hmm. Sixteen Carriages, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas Hold'em to me, that's like the I guess they call it the bop. That's a, you know the one that people are going to do the line line two or makeup line two, which is already happening. Uh, so that's that's you know. It was fine. I listened to it back a couple of times. It was fine. Um, to me, the one I actually played a lot more, or have played a lot more, is Sixteen Carriages, which to me, I think both singles give a good idea what the what the album is going to be like, in my opinion. Because Sixteen, because uh, Texas Hold'em is like you know more like you know uh, for the club, at least you know in terms of country, you know, because it's, it's the one you can you know do a little do a little like I said a little two step to do a line dance mm-hmm. to, and so I think there'll be more songs like that 
on the album. But then on the flip side, that would be a song like 16 Characters, which is more like a storytelling song, which is, you know, that's what country music is about. It's about telling, telling the, the, as opposed to the first, first, as opposed to Renaissance, where, you know, with how it's like, it's like the, the, the extraness and the, and the, the beat and, and the, and the production is, is like, you know, what drives and the, the vocals can too. But it's like it's like the bigness of it all, or like the extravaganza of it all, was like was was, was about Renaissance. Whereas with country music, you know, it's about you know, tell me the story, what's what's you know the lyrics, the words, and I think sixteen carriages it, um really hits on that. So I think that's 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 the two slap sides of the album to me that she just put out or just you know hinted at. Mm, what you I think? Agree. Um... I liked what I heard. Uh, I think it's a good song. I think both songs are good. I am more partial to Texas Hold'em because I just like the energy from it. Uh, like you said, the line dances, uh, the just the the fun of it. Like, the yeehaw! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I like that about it. But uh, 16 Characters was pretty good, too. It's ballad, Beyonce. And, uh, I think that's always good to hear. I'm interested to hear how well, like I said, with Renaissance, to me, the, the star of that album was the mixing and mastering. Like how each song bled into each song. And not that it sounded like one long song, but every song was blended so well. Like you couldn't, you can't like skip a, like a DJ mix. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I wonder how that's going to be on this album. And if it's going to be as seamless as the other one was. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, so, I, yeah, it's going to be exciting. I do think too, because you mentioned that so so much of what Renaissance was was like sampling these, you know, house tracks or like, uh, yeah, sampling like different things like, like different house tracks, R and B tracks, and sort of almost like this whole sort of a, uh, I guess you call it like a thesis on like the history of like dance music, but with country, given that country, you know, this, this historic doesn't really look, like rely on you know sampling or or it's not the same way i mean i'm not as, as well versed in country same <clears> thing <throat> but like i would think with, with this with this go around with this act i think i would feel like she would incorporate more um in-person collaborations so like instead of sampling somebody she would like incorporate like you know black country artists you know like uh maybe like a darius rucker or maybe I was like, just say <laughs> <laughs> yeah or like uh, uh this it is a group um that actually was here not too long ago. Uh, Chapel Heart, a uh, trio of black girl, black women that sing country. Um, and then you got, um, I think her name is, first name is Mickey, I can think of her last name. But you know, you got black country artists that have been kind of, you know, holding it down basically and trying to really make inroads, you know, in the modern country scene. Um, and so I wonder if she'll raise them up or raise her profile up by doing collaborations with them, you know. There's a guy from Shreveport. Uh, his name is Willie Jones. Willie Jones. He's a, uh, yeah, he's yeah, <laughs> he's a country <laughs> artist, and he's been trying to like really do big things. He had an Apple Music uh, Nashville session, so he's uh, he's familiar in the uh, the world of country music. He's had he's was on, he's been on Zane Lowe and stuff like that. So I wonder if he'll make an appearance on Beyonce's album. If not. Like a full outright feature, but you know, background, mm -hmm. melody, and stuff like that. So she she's got a lot to play with, and I'm excited to hear what it sounds like. Uh, my biggest question though is, do you think she'll tour this year with this album, or will that come <laughs> next year? I don't. I mean, or would it be a tour at all? Yes, I see. I think I don't. I mean, she does that. She brave because I mean, 
you know, two or two, especially with the size of that show. Like I said, I think I said, said this in the last episode we did, like just seeing that in the movie theater and just the sheer, sheer, sheer size of that stage and just the amount of production that had to go into that. You know, I think it, it's, they started working on that like after like uh, Homecoming in 2019. So it took years to like put all that together and just the bigness of it all, you know, in stadiums around the world, you know, I can't imagine that she would turn around and do that this year on a, on a similar scale, like a tour that size, yeah. all new set pieces, all new costumes, probably wouldn't be any dancers, like it's a different, like I said, different genre, but still like a crew to do all that again in less than a year. I don't see it. Not even for Beyonce. Not, that's not, that's not, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not even an insult. It's just like in terms of the physical, physically what I, I, what I would think it would take to put a show, put a show on it on every night like that. After you just did that, you know, the year before, I don't, I don't see it. Um, but that said, it may be there may be shows, but not like that because, like I said, with with Renaissance, you know, the the visuals match the music. Music music was all about house, and house is about extravaganza. It's about you know opulence. It's about excess disco. All that's you know the shimmeriness. It's it's, it's, it's supposed to be big, and so. Stadium show made sense for that because it matches the feel of the music. It, it needed to be like that. Um, but with this, with country music, country music, the fact that, like I said, it's, it's probably going to be on the on the the, the words and the lyrics and, and sort of it's sort of being pared down. I could see her doing like maybe like almost like Madonna did with Madame X. Like maybe she goes to Texas and she picks a, a venue in Texas. It's like you know a ten thousand seat venue or or something like that, and does like a ten show residency. And then she goes to New Orleans and does a, and does like five shows in, at one another venue. And then she goes to Tennessee and does eight shows. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, unlike she plays like large halls and theaters, and like it's still Beyonce, so it's, so it's going to be like a, like a top notch production, but not a a huge production, like a pared down production. If if she were to mm-hmm. tour or do live performance, it would still she would just do it in a different way, maybe. You know, I think. That's a good point. I think she might just do like a Vegas residency with this oh, album. Maybe. Oh no, she gonna tour. She gonna she gonna jump around. Oh, you think she, she gonna tour? Oh yeah, because because <laughs> because no, because if, if last year the girls were coming out in silver, this year they come out in chaps. Mm-hmm. And she won't. And she won't. And, she, and yeah, she gonna yeah, they gonna they gonna move around. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think. So, what, yeah. what do you what do you That's think? A good point. I, I think like. I think uh, I agree with you. I don't. I like I said, you can never doubt her. Count her out. Like mm. everything you just said about how crazy that sounds to turn around and do all that over again. She very well might do that, but I don't think so with this sound and this. Album. I think it might be like you said, more small, intimate things. I mean, she's not gonna be at the House of Blues, but mm. it might be at a, a arena instead of a stadium, or I don't know. Something different, but yeah, I, don't the, know. I, I, I think the music, at least from what we've, what I've, uh, the two songs that we've gotten, the music feels uh, smaller. If that makes sense, like it doesn't feel like. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, sixteen characters I could see being, you know, it's, it's a, it could be like a sing along or like a, it could be anthemic, but it doesn't feel it doesn't have to be presented in that way. You know, you hear Alien Superstar, you you, you need the the big, you need the, the superhero effect of that. But not so much with these two. I don't think it doesn't. She doesn't have to go to rap. She doesn't want to. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, do you think we'll get um, visuals with this with this with this act? 
Wait, I'm sorry. What was the last point? Okay. Oh, do you do you think we'll get visuals visuals with this one? Ah, uh, I don't know. I feel like she's saving those. She's saving. I think, yeah, I think she's saving those. I think those not coming until she um until like the end of everything. Because from from what one of my friends told me that the you you didn't see the visuals for Renaissance until you got to the concert, so. I'm thinking maybe, maybe she doing that. Um, maybe that's how she gonna do it as far as like, you know, how she's gonna like present it. I, I just don't know. I think I think it might be something we see at the end of the whole project. What about you? I feel like we're gonna, we'll get him. We'll get him with this one. See if she doesn't. See if she doesn't go on. If, if she could do that kind of that kind of uh, head fake, where it's like. You know, Renaissance, the album that was that the album that seemed most apt for, for extravagant visuals, Renaissance. We won't get them. We got them live. We got the live show. But for the one that seems more pared down and with limits of the visuals, we'll get the visuals. Because like I said, if since percussion is, is so built around the lyrics and around storytelling, storytelling equals cinema, like cinematic visuals. You know, because we think about it, you know, at least I thought that I was saying this the other night on the live stream, it's like Self-titled had a video for every song. Even Beta had a video for every song. But with self-titled specifically, <clears throat> it, was, it was like there was no overarching story, really. They were like all little short stories to each video. But with Lemonade, every song had a video, but it was like this overarching, like, like a novel, you know. So self-titled was like a comic book. Then Lemonade was like a novel. Then this could be like a novel, too. Because <laughs> <laughs> it lends itself, like I said, but the genre... If she really wanted to do like the storytelling route, you know, she could. That's true. I'm interested. Dang, now you got me really thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm just interested to see what it is. I, I want now. I want to know what the third act is because it's right. like I didn't think y'all keep saying that. It's a pattern. I mean, because because like as people keep pointing out, it's like she's like she's like shine people some people say have a problem with saying we're saying reclaiming but she's shining light on genres that have, have otherwise been sort of whitewashed in a modern musical landscape so first one was was house and some of the history of house and the, and the role of black people specifically black queer people people have played in, in in house and now uh country and highlighting how black artists have been in country and always been present in country um and then what other genre has been more you know <laughs> uh Drain of his melanin than, than rock, you know, mm-hmm. with, with, with some exceptions. But like again, obviously there's, there there are and have been black rock artists. But you know, you tune in to to, to any Soul Train BT awards, they ain't getting honored year to year. <laughs> so I mean, well, what about um? Somebody mentioned this. I I don't my first time hearing this. What if the third act is a Destiny Child album? How, does that sound unrealistic? Or you, you see that, that sounds unrealistic. I mean, that could be like, you know, an addendum. I don't know. <laughs> I don't see that, you know. Because, I mean, it doesn't fit the theme to me. To me. If the theme is highlighting these genres that have been, have been you know, where Black artists' contributions have been, have been erased, then DC is like a part of, a part of the grand tradition of girl groups. And that, that really hadn't, I mean, they've gone away. <laughs> girl, girl, you know, Groups in general have gone away, you know, but I don't think they've been erased. Or maybe this is just maybe when we say Renaissance or whatever, this is her Renaissance versus. I feel like people. I feel like Beyonce 
Beyonce never has to say anything, or she doesn't have to. She doesn't have to create her mythology because our fans do such a great job of it. Yeah. What if it's what if it's just her? Because <laughs> what? Because I mean, she never really has to say all this shit. It's like her fans kind of explain it for you. You're like, oh, okay. But what if what if it is just I don't know. The third well, was just an R&B album. I mean, well, that's, that's some of the dangerous thing love girls have been calling for. We need R&B Beyonce back. Um, <laughs> well, I was well. With Renaissance, I would say there was like a personal story attached to that because she talked about Uncle Johnny and the right. connection that she had and, and him playing the music for her and Solange and how that, you know, that she had that personal uh, foundation to it. Um, she may have, she made with this. I mean, obviously, she's from Texas, obviously, so, so she's mm-hmm. been around country music her whole life. And daddy lessons. And daddy lessons. And even, even like a song like Irreplaceable has like country vibes to it, you know. Um, right. So I think, so that could be like the personal foundation for this is like, I, I'm from Texas. Yes. I was raised on R and B and I, you know, was in the, uh, I forgot whose video she was in back in the day. Yeah. yeah I know. I know about the R and B hip hop side of Texas, Texas music, but also I was well-versed in, you know, country. So that may be the story that she's telling for this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and even like, I, I would say if she low key, if she wanted to still kind of secure some, some R and B bags, she could, she could do some Southern soul remixes or some Zydeco remixes, you know, just saying. Yeah, uh, I told somebody it's, it's mm-hmm. not gonna be a proper black country album mm-hmm. if she don't do mm-hmm. no Zydeco mix on mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like I, Act Three could be rock, but who knows? Because I mean, like I said, the, we, even with country, there's well, I'm sure there's some like different subgenres in country, like bluegrass or, or you know things like that. But even with rock, I mean, do I, if, if if the third out third act is rock, do I expect like a pop punk album? No. Um, do I, but I expect some more in the line like a Rosetta Tharp meets like a little bit of Alabama Shakes. Yeah. You know, if it was to be a rock era. I mean, she could do a little, you know, she probably would throw a little Lenny in there, maybe some living color, I would hope, you know, uh, she wanted to, you know, pay homage to um, Tina Marie Bell, who was um, part of the Seattle scene and gets overlooked, you know, amongst the <laughs> other figures. She could. I, I mean, a little bit of grunge. You know, that, that's, that, 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 that can elevate things. I ain't expecting, I ain't expecting you know, some goth rock, but still. You know. <laughs> I, I'm not as hopeful as y'all are, but if she did that, I would be like happy for y'all. But I don't know. I don't know. We will see, because we never know what this woman going to do, mm, which is yeah. the fun part. Mm. Yeah, but I don't expect that too. I, I, I mean, I, if she did, like I said, I, like I, said I, if she, I think if she did, it would be, I would, I would if she does, I would tell the girls to, to to expect to yeah dress up, but to not uh, expect to like you know pop your fans and do a dip dip dip. <laughs> it's gonna be I think it'd be a different type of show if she were to put on a, a stage like a, a concert tour. I think. Mm. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Ever since my friend mentioned that that Destiny Child uh, being like the closing act, I I, I actually like that idea because I'm like. Oh, for the yeah, for the wasn't... show, oh, for the act, okay, yeah, for, uh, the, for the third act, the third act, yeah. I mean, possibly. What, I if just... this is, what if this is it? What if this is like the grand finale? It could be. I, I mean, I mean, it's possible. I mean, cause I, I guess I look at it just like she's because it's for these first two acts. It's like she's exploring genres or going deeper in the genres that she hasn't that she's that she's really haven't done before like before renaissance she had i mean she'd done dance type tracks but she hadn't really gone all in you know so to speak 
she's done country. She did day lessons and she did irreplaceable, but she hasn't like gone all in on a country mm-hmm. sound. So to do a Destiny's Child album, I guess it would be like, well, how does that feel for the theme? Are you gonna be like, are y'all gonna like go all the way back and start doing like Supremes covers and like the Ronettes and shit, or like or, or like you know you know what I mean? Like he's just like. How does that fit? But how do we know? But that's my thing, though. How do we know that that this theme thing is what is it? Because like I said, it's more of a mythology (laughs) by the fans. Like she's never said this is going to be me taking back black music. She never said that. The only thing she said about Renaissance was the thing about well, her uncle and you know the the clothes and the music that he played. And we still don't know her personal. Um, reflections on why she's doing a country album. Like everything else is mostly just fan fiction or just fans yeah. mythologizing things. Yeah. The third act could just be her fucking doing R and B. I don't know. It's just <laughs> it's interesting, you know. It's like it's well, fun. I, I think it's fun that y'all get to have this type of moment to, mm. to create these narratives. But at the same time, we don't know really. Yeah. Well, I did think I take by something she said. She uh, towards some she wrote wrote in uh, I think Vogue or one of those op-eds she wrote in uh, one of the magazines. And she was saying that um, she was she created this during the pandemic, and she said, you know, the, the songs I made, I was able to uh, cry, scream, dance, and like let go. So, dance, Renaissance, cry, country, you know, scream. What what do you scream at? Rock. <laughs> at least you think about a track like you know, "Don't Hurt Yourself" from Lemonade. That's like her, like her most. That's close as that's close, probably close to the heavy metal she's gotten, <laughs> or rock she's hard rock she's gotten. So, if you want, no, it's, I don't know, you fall in the bag, you know, you may get something out of it, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like Star Wars fans. <laughs> Come on with this shit. <laughs> but it's cute. I mean, it's fun. It's good. I'm glad y'all get to have fun with it like this. But uh, I'm, I'm excited though. I'm excited to hear the whole project to see what she does with it, the country sound. And- and what it means for the next act, and what happens if she tours or not tours. So it's 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 fun. She she always makes stuff fun with these um, announcements and sometimes the secrecy. And it's 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 good. I'm glad she went back to the rollout method because it's it's fun to see fans, you know, scramble. <clears throat> so yeah, but um, I'm excited though. We'll 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 see. When is it coming out again? March. 29 uh maybe one yeah one last thing one last one last conspiracy theory um renaissance came out on july 29th now this is coming out on march 29th <laughs> so what's the what's the what's the what's the i have no idea i thought you were for the breakdown yeah, some yeah, numbers just just, just just me overthinking <laughs> oh man y'all are hilarious oh man <laughs> But uh, well, that's that that sets up a pretty fun year that I thought was gonna be a boring year for music. But you get an Usher album, a Beyonce album, and you get whatever else comes out. Um, so next topic we are going to talk about. Oh man, Monique! <laughs> I feel like I feel like Shannon Sharp is like just having he's these interviews are just following in his lap, man. Just following in his lap. This quality content. I didn't see, but you did. So go ahead and give me and our listeners a, a basically a wrap up of what what happened. Um, so basically, Monique sat down as seems like comedians I want to do. <laughs> well, others have done that too, but with Cat Williams, he kind of I guess he set a new bar for in terms of like ex- expectation. Um, Monique sat down with him about 
about three hour interview. She talked about her life, uh, her career, and of course, you know, as folks have been <laughs> talking about it last week or so, um, her issues with Oprah, Tyler Perry, and a few other people, uh, Kevin Hart, and some other people. Um, and basically, if you've been following Monique and her story over the last decade or so, you know, uh, she's had an issue with uh, Tyler Perry and Oprah and Lee Dance. Uh, not Lee Dance so much anymore because they, they made up, but Tyler Perry and Oprah still because, according to her, when she signed on to do pressure, she signed on to do the movie and also promotion. And of course, she won the Oscar. And after she, after she, after all her promotional duties were fulfilled, she said, "I'm not doing it anymore." Um, and she said, as she said, made it clear that she wasn't going to do it anymore. That um, Oprah and Tyler had a role, more so, more so Tyler had a role in blackballing her. Uh, she says that Tyler spread a rumor that she was difficult to work, work with throughout the industry. And of course, if you know. Uh, well, especially for actress, especially a black actress to be called difficult and have that as a rep- reputation can kill your career, which essentially sold, it, it sold her career down a lot. Um, she said that she taped Tyler's uh, admitting that he lied and, and said, and, and he played for, she said she played it for Shannon. He said he heard it. She also played for T.S. Madison, who was also friends with Lee Daniels, and that's what led to them reconciling. So she talked about that a lot. And she talked about um, Tiffany Harris caused some strays. Uh, I think a couple of folks did too with uh Dio Hughley, that whole mess there. Um, and then she, you know, so it was, you know, kind of a wide-ranging interview. And and uh in general, I mean, were there as many quotables as the Cat Williams interview? No, but still it's 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 worth a watch because I, I will say one thing, um, uh, one thing I took away, and one thing I hate people are sort of categorizing both Cat Williams and but even more, more so Monique's. Um interview was that she said she didn't make a point about the reason why maybe people like dismissed her years ago when she went up against Netflix and dismissed her and, and probably in talking about Oprah and Todd Perry and didn't dismiss Taraji's because number one to you know Taraji when she had that point about being an actress and being tired about the whole pay disparity and everything else you know she broke down she cried and she had tears and 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 when Nick came you know as a big black woman uh and and being and, and not crying, people weren't receptive to that. So she was saying, you know, it's sometimes it's the messenger. You know, to, with Taraji, it was it, she it was easy easy for people to feel empathy for because you know she's not a big woman, she's not she's not big, she's not dark skin, and like I said, she was she was coming in a, in a city that was very vulnerable. So I agree with her about that. Um, and also I want to put a lot of people like I said online have been saying, oh, Cliff Shay Shay is getting too messy. We tired of seeing black folks tearing each other down. It's like stop because one folks love mess but aside from that it's also like what she's talking about is, is isn't just mess it's like an abuse of power if, if it's one thing if she worked with tyler and oprah and they said you know uh we didn't really care working with me that's not like gonna deal with her no more but that's one thing because it's different for someone in a position that tyler is in to go out of his way to make a room start a rumor that says she is difficult to work with because he knows what that does to an actress' career. Because we see it happen with Will Smith and, and, and Jenna Hubert, Richard on Viv. And she said it to him in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion. He said, when you label a Black actress as difficult to work with, that's the kiss of death. And so that is an abuse of power. That is not being messy to point that out. So I just, you know. Yeah. I, first of all, anybody that says the club Shay Shay thing is too messy. They're lying like shit. Like that's <laughs> it generates interest. People like mess. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes mess. And he 
that's where I'm like, he's getting blessed because he's been doing this for a while. Um, this podcast, but now it's reached the point, thanks to Cat Williams, like you said, that it's become like must see TV because people are going on there and now they see this as a moment to be like, I don't know, almost like their confessions. You know, they 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 it's like they go in there and they just unload. And I don't know who will be the next person to go on there and do this, but it's it's a trend this year. So I don't know. But at the same time, Monique is interested because now she has a new controversy involving her son. Oh, son yes, yeah. And it's like, mm, you look kind of funny in the light. Like, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, that, it's yeah, like it. yeah, that that's that's kind of the I guess the uh aftermath like I kind of had me looking at her sideways. That and the and she kind of doubled down on the body talk, which like, eh, okay, girl, you know, because because <laughs> like she wants to kind of have it both ways, uh, because like she talked talk about the bonnets. And you know how we should carry ourselves in public and the whole respectability respectability thing. Yet her naming names and saying saying that basically that Tyler lied on her Oprah and Oprah uh, and Oprah uh, you know is is uh, crooked <laughs> essentially uh, is not respectable because you name names you you quote unquote you know saying the quiet part loud in house mm-hmm. right so yeah it's a lot man I think that she she likes to get. Like you said, she likes to get it both ways, man. Cause like she she's literally been like that her whole career. She was the one who, you know, skinny women are evil, never trust a skinny person. And next thing you know, she lost all this weight and started working out and posted workout videos. Which I mean, it's natural. It's a natural progression, but it's like you made a whole bread off of being fat or claiming to be fat and hate skinny people. So I don't know. It's just Monique is unique. I think she she was right to speak up for Netflix to Netflix because not even the Amy Schumer part. I think it was the somebody like a D Ray getting a million dollars. You know, who's like, I mean, he's he's been around for a long time, but he's not on Monique's level as far as comedy. You know, Amy Schumer is like that's a whole nother cat controversy, you know, as far as like race and you mm-hmm. know, all that stuff. And then her just her timing, you know, that at that time she was one of the biggest draws and but it's 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 just she is a person who I feel like now is more famous for being controversial than her actual talent. And I hate that because the woman is talented. It's just that I, I don't know. Is she truly blackballed from Hollywood so she can't get any roles? Or does she does she not want to take anything on right now because she's more focused on just living her life? I, well, I'm not, I, know, I know she was in. I'm not sure what she's been in recently. I know she... Uh... In the even in the, in the and I guess you call it the wilderness period, uh, she was in a like Bessie with Queen Latifah. She played a role in that, and you know, uh, I think she was like a couple other small things, you know, here and there. Um, and I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I had to I hadn't checked her ID. Her uh, I am IDBM. I think that's how you say it. Her uh, her correct or credits page. Uh, so I'm not sure what she's been in recently, but. You know, I mean, her and Lee Dance are cool again. And 50 said he gave her a job. And I think now she's supposed to be going to a Cat Williams, which is, which is genius. Um, you know, <laughs> um, so I don't think they stopped her bag altogether, but I think they stopped her. Her, her words, she said, she said, uh, she would white, she'd be Melissa McCarthy in terms of like hmm. career, career trajectory. Um, so maybe they stopped that rise, um, you know, by, about blackballing, which I, 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 you know, I don't find it that that hard to believe because I'm sure, I'm sure that 
they probably have had that happen with other actors where they say, you know, well, you know, you know, yeah, you ain't getting paid, but you know, you go overseas, you promote this movie, you do all this, this, that, and the third on the next one, you can get them, you know. And so the fact that she wouldn't go for that and said, no, I did, that was what I did, but I was um, contractually obligated to, obligated to do, and I'm not doing it anymore for free. I can see how they would, you know, do that 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 rich person bulk of like, you know, or, or, or like you know that sort of thing of like how how dare you in a, in a way. Uh, plus, if, if she if that had been her contract and she hadn't done it, she would have been sued, and she hasn't been sued right. that we know of. So, and the fact that, Whoop, that someone like Whoopi came out and said I could have schooled you, and and and, and we got back at about you know how you gonna school me, sister? You know that you know that that nice nasty brand she does. <laughs> uh, you know, um, so I believe her. I believe I, I can believe that Tyler would that that's something like something something like that would happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Hollywood is an ugly business, and, and you know the circles aren't as small as you think, or they can't be as small. So it, I mean, Tyler's a big deal, and you know when you Oprah's best friend, you really a big deal. So yeah, but, um, plus Oprah just you know it's certainly she says at certain times it maybe side her anyway. Like when she because oh, yeah. like, in the interview, like even when Monique said that uh, she courted her. With, because Oprah, did, I think Oprah had a birthday not too long ago, and she was like, you know, I'm happy to be. I think she said seventy, and I never hurt nobody. I'm like, girl, you ain't hurt nobody ever <laughs> in seventy years. Come on, you know. Shit. It's you like you heard she... us when you introduced us to Doctor Oz. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those yeah, but also she... white folks. Yeah, yeah, but she... but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. But yes, indeed. So, what what do you think this ends with Monique? Do you think she continues? to keep this stuff going because she's like in back in the limelight or do you think she kind of goes away quietly again or um, like, 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 into a... like I said she she had a Netflix she had her own Netflix special I'm not sure how well it did but then then she also had um like I said she's going on tour with Cat Williams so I mean at least in terms of you know black folks she's still in the conversation <laughs> you know because you know like you know people gonna turn up for that uh to watch that um so that's that's going on. Uh, her, like I said, Hurley Dang is cool, cool again. So I guess I'm not sure what anything he has coming up. I don't know. Um, it's possible. I mean, I think I think it's people that still want to see. I, I'm thinking I mean, stuff with her son got got people looking at her sideways, uh, and people still, you know, people still kind of kind of you know look at her a bit a bit askance when it comes to her and her daddy, you know. But mm-hmm. aside, <laughs> aside from that that stuff, I mean, people look past worse. So. Um, I don't see any reason why she couldn't. She may not be Melissa McCarthy, but I don't see why she couldn't, you know, build her own career back into something else. You know, she could go on the route. So, I mean, yeah, yes, Tyler is a big name, but so is Issa Rae. So is Donald mm-hmm. Glover. So, so is Jordan Peele. There are enough auteurs to where she can move, move around that nigga, you know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and this ain't the two thousands where you had to do at least one Tyler Perry movie before you got on. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> oh man, it's hard to believe. It's just elbows in a Tyler Perry movie. Mm. What a time! And that mm-hmm. wig. Angela Angela Bassett. A, a, a braided <laughs> a, a braided wig. I mean, nigga, what? I'm just saying. I, 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 no, why are the wigs so terrible? I'm just in in Atlanta. Yeah, but we can. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and he doubled down <laughs> on that. He thought the hair is expensive. Blah blah blah. What? Well, it need to be expensive. But well, I don't have to. I mean, do something. <laughs> because, because like, I mean, that is it's, it's some. <sighs> He's so cheap. I Wait, saw I mean... something that said, um, and I, I dang, I, I, it's funny we we circled around on this, but 
it said basically I didn't even read the piece because I just you know how you go through some links and you, you want to read it but somehow you miss it. Mm -hmm. It said that Tyler Perry's um black Hollywood wealth hasn't trickled down to basically the black people, the regular black people in Atlanta. And I thought that was interesting because I was kind of torn by it because I was like, well, when we all know trickle down economics don't really work. Mm -hmm. Like we learned that from the Reagan Reagan era. But also, even with black people and smaller spaces like that. They still don't work because Tyler Perry. First of all, that that studio is going to benefit Tyler Perry first, mm. first and foremost. This is going to benefit the actors and the help that he does hire, and then I guess it benefits the city because you know I'm sure there's uh, other fees and stuff attached to having that much property in Atlanta. Plus, you know, maybe I guess like the the traffic he might bring for for people to come from other places to, to work, whatever. Yeah, catering services and things like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, I, this is why I probably need to go back and read the piece. But I mean, was this supposed to trickle down to people like like actual people like me and you who happen to live in Atlanta? I just <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, well, I don't. I guess I guess getting back to the I don't I didn't read the piece, but I, you know I guess if you live in Atlanta, you know, and Tyler Perry Studios is there, and say Todd needs a is putting together a film, then like I said catering people services could be hired from from around the city, um, local nail techs, local costume designers, local set designers, local people that act, act as extras. You know, there's a way. You know, there's a I think think of all the I'm sure all the clothing designers or aspiring clothing designers or aspiring you know, uh, set designers or, or, or aspiring hairstylists, nail techs, makeup artists, so on and so forth that could work on his sets and for, for his shows. Maybe that's, maybe they think about it in that way, maybe. You know, but again, if the Wix is cheap, obviously he not because, I mean, god damn. Just, I mean, you know, it just, I mean, not they. Not, I don't even sound like they look like a little crunchy or like, you know, oh, you see, you know, it's like, it's actively terrible some of these wigs. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. and they don't. And they don't have to be like. I mean, come on, man. Like, <laughs> you know, you had you had what's his name? Uh, McCab Brooks have been talking about ashtray bitch, but a, but a tope high top fade. Hmm. Like what mm -hmm. the <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you know? uh, so I pulled up the piece, and they pretty mm -hmm. much. I think they pretty much hold the Tyler Perry feet to the fire about when he mentioned how it was for the people, but it's not being for the people. But also the union, he don't have unions. So I mean, you got you got niggas people on like nineteen episodes of a show in like what what two weeks maybe, I think, something like that. You know, which is not you know normal. <laughs> so there's that too. Yeah, it's just it's all bad, man. Because I think I think. I think he does owe that city a lot because of how much he's 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 earned. You know, I feel like every millionaire billionaire has a certain debt they have to pay to to society and to the to where they where they live and from. You know, I'm not saying that it all has to be money. Some of it can just be resources or like time. But um he said when I built my studio, I built it in a neighborhood that's one of the poorest black neighborhoods in Atlanta. So that young black kids could see that a black man did that and they could do that too. I was trying to help them cross. So, <laughs> so I mean, I, I I read that I read that as uh you know representation, but not you know 
taxation. Right. And it said that the studio is worth two, uh, $280 million. Mm. Hmm. So, so he paid yeah. no property taxes on it from 2015 through 2022. Mm, so that that's so literally old. Oh, so so, so, so I mean that that I mean I'll probably, I mean I, that's that I'll probably need to read the whole article, but that's, that's what it's given to me. It's like he's saying that my presence there is like to to be a beacon of light so the youth see you can achieve too. Meanwhile, he's not putting in, he's not chipping in to like help them achieve or like help them just to help the city in terms of literally like paying your taxes, you know. So right. There you go. Yikes. Yeah. So well, yeah, when well, you mentioned that, that does kind of make you look shitty. Um, because like you don't have to, I don't think no black person necessarily can be the savior of anything. Cause I think that's unfair to put on one person. However, nigga, that's a hell of a break. <laughs> that's the break we we talk about Republicans and CEOs getting all the time. And it's like well, that, ah, man. well to me, that to me, that gets to the thing of like, you know. We, we can't we can't LLC our way out of a uh, you know to liberation because it's like we didn't have how many centuries of, of white billionaires and millionaires and it's still poor white folks so why would it be different for, for black billionaires <laughs> exactly <laughs> shit yeah exactly so yeah I thought that was interesting I saw that and now I'm reading it. I'm like yeah shit maybe they got a point you know and, and like you said I think it's more so him being so damn he's he's cheap to the point to where it benefits him because he's going by that old model cut cost ad revenue. So if you don't hire hair um staff or makeup and you doing you you the only writer in the in the writer room and you doing you're going all these hand these, these little shortcut methods, yeah that money go true. Like it's go it's go triple because you're not paying nobody to do anything else. Right. You're only paying the actors. Yeah, but, but I mean, to me, it's hurting the brand because the wig. I mean, if the wig is that bad, it's like a distraction. It's like, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm serious. Like me, Shimon Moore came on, came on screen with that, with that, with that braided lace from. Like, you couldn't just have him grow his hair out and have somebody braid it. Like shit. Like I mean, and uh, what is his name? Boris Kojo had that fucking Afro lace front, as Keith, as Keith, Keith Fury said. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> At least uh Lynn Whitfield, she looked all right with her with, with her uh, wig and uh, her hairstyle, but I mean shit. I mean sister sister looked fine too. My my angel was like shit, I'm wearing my own hair. Fuck that. You know, but um <laughs> <laughs> But it all goes back to just not wanting to spend the money or hire the help. And I I'm sure it's a it's a several Tyler Perry saying my life stories out there with some I mean, actors yeah, or yeah. you know, some people and I, I get that, but there could always be more, you know, and I know somebody gonna say that nigga, you hate. Where, where your billionaire? What you doing? <laughs> but shoot, I'm, I'm, but I'm trying still. to find a hairstyle. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to survive, but with that much money and influence, there might be more, especially when you get tax breaks like that. God damn, like this, yeah, that's, a, that's like a, that's a whole decade in that paying on taxes on that bigger property. Like I mean, that's like a whole a, a, a studio system. It's like Warner Brothers plopped in the middle of Atlanta, you know. So I mean. They're one of the poorest poorest. Right. It's like Barclays. So, yeah, it's definitely like you owe, you do have a debt you have to pay in that regard. Um, you know, you know, I ain't saying you got to buy everybody that lives at a house, but you could you could be doing something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's just, it just goes to show you that representation matters in a certain sense, but it's not the liberation that people think it is. 
it, yeah, it has to be. It doesn't matter if if it's if it's doing the same thing that you know has been done historically. Right, because it's benefiting mostly one people or right, one, one person, person or one yeah. group mm-hmm. of people. Yeah. So yeah, so that's. That's today's argument on why representation is limited. Uh, <laughs> oh man! So aside from that, is there anything you've been watching or listening to this year that you'd like to share? Or oh well, I mean, we was we talked about uh, in the in the DMs before the show. Uh, the new a new pick of of Michael uh, of Michael's nephew as Michael has come out uh, as part of the M- MJ biopic that's coming up next year. So. Uh, but like I said, I, t- right. I, t- I, t- I take a message you saying, you know, they ain't playing because Michael, you know, the, the the wig is on point, the skin the skin is on point. It's it's, it's light skin. Hey. Michael is very nice, and that it's under Flex Anderson, Casper the Ghost Maker, and so <laughs> he <laughs> looks the part. I'm mm-hmm. I'm 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 impressed. You know, I I I think it's gonna be. I don't think they're gonna do a whole life sweeping biopic. I think it's gonna pick certain parts. Mm. Um, cause the picture I saw of Joe looked like he was older, like modern, not modern day Joe, but you know, Joe is a, as a fully grown man, like mm-hmm. after the fame. So I'm thinking they picking a part of his life and maybe focusing on that. I, but, I did um, see it. I did see another picture, uh, that it was like Michael circa 83, 84, cause he had like the short Jerry curl and the, you know, everything. Right. So. Which I think is the best route to do because we already got the American dream. You don't, we don't need to go back to when his parents met. Um, so I think I think I think I'm impressed with how how the how it looks. It looks like they put a lot of time and money into it. But also when it comes to Michael Jackson movies, it's like is this this is this gonna be a time period piece or like are y'all going all over there? What what child not gonna touch? Because <laughs> it's like are y'all gonna touch? Like some of the weird stuff or the controversial stuff, or y'all is this strictly about the music and the man? Hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know, but I, I'm 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 excited to see it. Uh, I still need to see the Whitney one. Okay, yeah, that's good. <sighs> but uh, I don't know. Your are your expectations higher now that you've seen like them putting forth this effort into it, or do you still kind of just want to wait and see still? Um, well, I mean, from what I've seen, like I said, it looks like I mean, you, I said the 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 what I've seen so far, what we've seen so far, looks looks you know like they're putting really other effort and time into it. Um, of course, you got Neil Long as Captain Jackson, you got Coleman Domingo as Joe Jackson, so you know those roles That's again, good right? Good actors, right? Um, they, they got the approval of the estate, so we have they have the music access to the music, uh, which is important, especially for you know Michael's music. Um, and then so I feel like all that all all signs look good so far. And Antoine Fuqua, I know like people had some doubts because he's on he's mostly done like action stuff, but I mean he also did train day, which is like it's action but also like a character study. So right. Um so, yeah. so all all signs point to it being something something uh good so far. <clears throat> I agree. I I I hope people not expecting no I hope people not expecting no um, expose piece, but I hope it's good. I just want a good movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, I think it, I think it, it, it expose probably would the slate if it's if it, if it try to make it salacious. I don't think it would work because it's like it's sort of like with, with the Whitney movie. Like you know, we know most people walking in know the know the general gist of her story. 
And so with Michael, you know, it's something similar to that in terms of, and so if you think you tried to make it like either salacious or like try to like make him like a, like flex, like like the flex version where you just was like running around giggling all the damn time. Um, I think it, I think it wouldn't work. You have to approach him as a complicated, flawed, but, you know, very talented human being with, you know, who had his, you know, demons. His shortcomings. Know. Right, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's the best way to approach it because you. I mean, if you want a lot of that, just watch that documentary on HBO. But um, and even then, shit, <laughs> it is what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm excited to see. It looks good. I didn't expect it to look that good. I, I mean, like, like, yeah, right. I saw that wig. I was like, oh, the, okay, the wig and the skin <laughs> on point. Okay, so we ain't looking like we got unfinished. We ain't like we, we, like we got unfinished business. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no flex Alexander Hill. Right. Woo, like nigga, you look like a choke. My God. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can't believe he's still signed up for that, man. It's like you ever well, uh, uh, who who is who is married to? Because he I think whoever whoever he's with, his wife or his girlfriend, somebody who knows him really close to me, she said that when he signed on, he it was one thing, but by the time he he signed on and was in it, and they you know the, and it was what it was in terms of the make of everything he couldn't get out of it. So I'll give him that, you know, because I'm sure I'm sure that he's not the only one that's happened to in terms of like you know being told one thing and you in the middle of it and then it's another oh, thing right. and came, came back out. So I'll give him some right, grace right. on that. And, and you know with the makeup, I mean, he's not a makeup artist. He, had, he probably has had to do the best with what you got, you know. So I, I'm yeah, not make fun of I make never... fun of it, make fun of it, but also like you know, I'm that's not his whole whole career. So exactly. Exactly. I, and I never heard the whole story, but I'm pretty sure that he, he probably don't talk about it because shit. <laughs> he know he knows what it was. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-mm. What a time to be alive. <laughs> but um <laughs> man, blast for the pad. But I, I do I really do wonder what's gonna happen to uh uh some of these movies that come out about some of these biopics that come out because it's so hard to do. And sometimes I'm like, man, if you're an actor, do you jump on this because it's, you know, the potential like Oscar bait or do you kind of like, sometimes I wonder what makes the actor take on those roles because they could be career defining, but you could have something like what happened to Flex Alexander. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's probably a mix of both is like, could, you know, this could elevate, reputation you know if i could if i do this well enough i'll I'll, uh jamie jamie fox is is, uh ray charles you know i think it depends on who it's about and and when it comes like going back to ray you know ray had passed recently by the time by the time it came out but also the fact that you know he wasn't necessarily like front page news as, as like as a musician at the time you know you think you know people our age i mean i know from the, from those from those commercials coca-cola commercials exactly and the so pit, yeah, the yeah right, the right. hit the road jack right and so and so it, it it not only elevated james career because that performance was so great it also reintroduced ray charles to a whole new generation it, it was he wasn't just the old man in the commercial he was like oh okay this is somebody who was really important had a life had struggles had flaws all that you know it really made him present and whether he, he hadn't been up until that point for younger people in general but people maybe people in the culture in general so there's that goes into it you think of somebody like a tina turner where like oh she, oh, she had made a, she had made a comeback by then but um maybe the story about 
stories in a, but a time where I can kind of still linger in the air. And so maybe this was her way of like, along with writing the book of like, you know, putting her stamp on and saying, okay, this is what it is. And even though she didn't agree with um, everything because they, you know, some some of the stuff, how, how, to portray, how to portray certain scenes wasn't actually how certain things happened. But she, you know, it was, it was like her, her way of like, you know, um, getting on board and sort of like, you know, trying to just put her stamp on the story and saying, you know, this is it, this is what it is or whatever. Uh, you know, I guess it just depends because like, you know, I think what hurt the Whitney movie in terms of like impact is because we you had the two documentaries and then you had the TV movie mm-hmm. with, uh, with with Yaya and then you had another mm-hmm. one, you, you had another one with uh, the Bobby movie that also portrayed him and Whitney. So I think it was, it was fatigued by the time you got to the, to the, to the official Whitney one. You know, right. So it's it's. I think it's like a it has to be like a perfect storm of things for it to work really well in terms of a biopic. You know, mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I think the like you said with Ray Ray Charles was kind of like he had just passed away and he was kind of like a legacy act. And then I think Jamie got to not only did he get his blessing, but he got to spend time with him and really model. You know his movements his behavior got to just really em- embody him and um you think about biopics that stand the test of time like that one and what's love got to do with it even though tina hated that movie mm-hmm. um <laughs> they just <laughs> yes. they just really became those characters versus imitating them and i think that's why movies like ali and like you said the whitley bio i feel like that's kind of why we was missing because I, I never looked at that movie will smith and thought that was like man that's muhammad ali i always thought that was just will smith Doing his best imitation of, or even, or even Malcolm X, you know, that's the one where like Denzel, oh, yeah, trans, Denzel. Denzel transcended, trans, transcended Denzel and really became Malcolm X, and also timing because that was that era of like Afrocentrism and everybody, you know, and mm-hmm. and, and you know, it was just before we flipped to the gangster era, so it was like still, <laughs> it was t- it was still, you know, it, it fit the timing as well, along along with you know a great actor and a, and a great performance. But yeah, I would even give it to uh, Latifah, you know that even though that was that was straight to HBO. I mean, I thought she did a great job as Bessie Smith, you know. Um, I need to see that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I never got to see it, but I heard good things. That's an HBO, right? Mm-hmm. Or um, even like uh, you're thinking of somebody like a um, Lynn Whitfield as, as Josephine Baker, you know, again like a star making sort of role. That's one of her because she's one of her, she's most well known one of her most well known you know roles was that especially early on so right. Halle Berry is Dorothy Dandridge you know that that was the career defining Queen mm-hmm. Latifah was in that too who I think Queen Latifah was in that too oh she was okay um trying to think of anything else um she uh trying to buy pics. Selena, obviously, you know. Oh yeah. Um, of course, they could be. I mean, look. I mean, if if the high is Malcolm X or um, Ray, then the 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 bar the bar in hell is the Leah biopic. Because woo, my God, you know. So <laughs> lifetime you know. one. Mm-hmm. Not even it being yeah, just being on lifetime. Was, it was it was terrible, right? Because I mean, lifetime is low key become the place where. I, uh, 
Genex ladies tell their stories. Black ladies tell their stories because you had the Clark sisters. You had uh, oh, that was real good. Yeah, yeah, it was good. So I mean, it could be good, but that that that, that one with leaders wasn't good. Um, and also, even even touching on that, it, it, I hate to say it this way, but it also depends on whose life you're covering. Because with Aaliyah's life, other than you know the R. Kelly scandal, which obviously wasn't going to touch that, she really didn't have much of a life, which is the tragedy. Right. She died so young. So that, but and they didn't have the catalog, right? Well, they so, didn't have it. Yeah. So you compare that to the, like the TLC story. TLC, TLC story writes itself. You got. Fame, success, bankruptcy, sickness, arson, you know, ups and downs in the group. So it's like the drama writes itself with they with their story. So, so it's I also agree. that too. So mm -mm -mm. So what else do we have on the agenda? I think we might be in the end. Oh, Hall of Fame, real quick. <laughs> Rock oh, Hall yeah, of Fame. yeah. So who give me the nominees? So off the top of my head, it's uh, Mariah, Mary J. Blige, Ozzy Osbourne, A Tribe Called Quest, uh, Lenny Kravitz, um, Sade, uh, Sinead O'Connor, I think Foreigner, and a couple other folks. Um, that's the that's off the top of my head, that's, that's who I remember. So, share huh. how many? I don't know if she get in, right? Hmm? Oh, I, said, I, I mean, don't know if she get in. I, I mean. I think they should. I mean, because I mean, I think this is like second time I think Mary's been up for nomination, or second or third time. So, uh, I never understand the process for this, and I know there's still been like some, uh, not backlash, but some of people that still well, feel it's, like it's, it it's always be. yeah, yeah, it's always the same grumbling every year. Like you know, it's not a rock artist. It's like no, it's not that it means rock wall of fame means pop music made since the mid. Since the mid twentieth century to now, and that does this mean? Does this mean rock? So calm down. But yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh, yeah, I think yeah. I think everybody should. Get, I mean, I'm not sure how how they, if they had to will it down, but all those names. I mean, <laughs> you know, I know the main qualification. It has to be 25 years since your first release. So, so when Rise been eligible since 2015, and Mary's been eligible, eligible since 2017. Um, and then you got uh Tribe Called Quest, they've been eligible since I guess 2015. That's when that first album came out. So uh I see of course he but he's he's he got he got in as a member of Black Sabbath, but I guess now it's like a solo artist. So um, mm -hmm. so yeah, that is interesting. And and like I said, I'm, do do they even show like the they show on HBO. Okay, so they show like the ceremony. Yeah, which you know, I think I think Depending on the class, on who all been inducted that night, you know, it depends. I guess on who's going to perform that because you know, usually the, the uh, Hall of Fame relies on like sort of the jam band sort of uh, type performances, which you know is not kind to our divas. Uh, oh no! Because if you you know if you are Jan Jackson or Mariah or Madonna, you're not going to you know get your eight count besides you know Tom Petty and whoever else jamming. Rest in peace, Tom Petty. But you know what I mean. <laughs> It's just mm -hmm. two different. It's just two different performance styles. Do you ever think it should be a point to where it be like our own type of like museum or award thing, like like our own type of like a hip hop like a, or a B? Don't they have like a hip hop? Don't they have like a hip hop museum somewhere? Don't they have that? I, I, I remember the trap one, but I don't know about like a real. I don't know. 
I thought they did. I think LL or somebody was trying to head that up like a hip hop hall of fame or hip hop museum or something like that. Or, uh, I mean, we definitely should have like a black music hall of fame or something, which we probably do, but I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I think it should be someone that you know that's the whole mess with the grammars of that people go through this you know rage cycle every year with, uh, where you know, it, oh yeah, you got a hip hop hall of fame museum in New York. Okay. It's, it's a museum, so I mean, it's not, you know, I'm not sure they have like a ceremony or thing, but no, that's something. But yeah, like with the Grammys every year, they have that whole thing where, you know, Grammys happen, think pieces, rage, the next year, you know. Yeah, uh, and I'm like, we got we to <laughs> grow past that, man, because we, we know what it is at this point, man. And people, we know, first of all, they never tell us the criteria for those awards. You never know if it's sales or popularity or artistic integrity or none of that. It's just a group of people just doing stuff and then like they just let it be known they they do what they want to do and like last year I think a few people anonymous, anonymously talked about like the voting process about album of the year and one said that they they chose not to vote for Beyonce or Adele because they win everything or they win mm -hmm. too much so it's just I don't know it's, it's, to me it's much ado about nothing as far as people getting mad about that because no one no real music fan lets the Grammys dictate who or what they listen to. Hmm. Well, it's, it's like the kind of what's because I mean, Jay Z had to got that award. They made that speech about like you know how that shit eating speech. Like he's the <laughs> oh, same oh, person that boycotted it. Like he's so <laughs> full of shit. Like he boycotted it like a few years ago because he didn't win, and then he he's been one of the biggest fans. People talking about oh, don't go to the Grammys. Da, da, da. And when he now he gets one, he wants to go, and then he gives a speech about how his wife should win. And I don't know, man. It's I, I guess was like that for the with the Super Bowl, wasn't it? He said we ain't going or whatever. And then he said that, exactly. Then he said that, and then he said we passed kneeling. And then he got a chick. Right. <laughs> got, yeah, we passed we passed kneeling. So I'm gonna get to this bag, you know. <laughs> which I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, what does that lead to other than you know some good halftime shows? But I mean, I mean, other than that. You know what else has happened, but yeah, I mean, exactly. but also as someone pointed out, I think it was a uh, Kimberly Foster uh, for Harriet. She says, you know, Rock Nation um, collaborates with collaborates with the Grammys. So mm. it's like on the one hand, you trying to you, you quote unquote calling them out, but at the same time, it's like you get a check, you get a check, but also it's like everybody's talking about the speech, but they talking about the speech you made at where the Grammys. So exactly. it elevates, so it elevates the Grammys, you know. So yeah, it's Why like he keep going. It's like he, it's like as she said in the vid in the video, he's like he wants he wants two things to happen at once. He wants to both he wants things to be uh, equitable in this work, and, and you know, and not feel like uh, black music and black arts are getting uh, discarded or, or getting um, uh, downplayed. But at the same time, you are. Giving um, giving credibility to the institution, you know, mm -hmm. you, you, we are the, we, both the artists that show up and us as the us as the audience. We're the ones that give them the reputation. It's really just it's right. means it's it's a statue. It's just mean thing. We we're, we're the ones that give mm -hmm. it meaning. So if we get if we, exactly. if we took if we took all the energy and gave, and gave as much meaning to say a BET award, an NAACP award. A Soul Train Award. If we gave as much meaning as prestige as that, as we're trying to give to the Grammys, then you know, 
But you know, they 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 want to. It's what, what he say, legacy, legacy, legacy. So I mean, mm -hmm. there you go. <laughs> you know, so right. Because even Drake, and I know people don't like him or whatever, but he had some valid points where he said that don't let that award define you. Because like we don't even know who the people who decide this is. Mm -hmm. Like we never see them we don't know who what they look like mm. from what i saw from the anonymous person who said something i think they were in their 70s mm. so it's, it's just much like i said much to do about nothing man you need to tell giving it, people your energy you need to tell it to nikki that's what that's what drake need to tell that to you oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my mm. God. Mm. and another thing too um about the grammys is when Kanye, i know he's somebody no one likes to talk about and i get it but he was right he said years ago that when he's in a, in a category with another black artist, he wins. But when he gets a category with white artists, like when he gets Justin Timberlake, he gonna lose. And you know, he he saw it for what it was. Well, yeah, it's like like they'll they'll even with even with Beyonce, even though even though, even though that moment came up, it's kind of like cringe, like you know, because they get like fifty Grammys between the two of them. But like mm -hmm. it's like they'll give her Grammys for certain categories, but they won't give her the big four. She won't get song of the year. Usually, I think she got song of the year once for like single ladies or something. But she she won't she won't get album of the year. She won't get song of the year. She won't get like the big four, the big whatever you know, the big awards. She ain't getting those. They'll give her other ones. So. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, so it's just like at a certain point, it's like okay, keep showing. He, as Jay said, keep showing, keep showing. One day, one day they'll recognize your brilliance. One day they'll recognize you. It's like he wanted both. He wants it both ways. You want to call him out and say and talk about and and get and sort of like subvert the moment, I guess. But at the same time, it's like you're doing what they want. You're doing what they want you to. You keep showing up. You keep giving it prestige. Mm -hmm. You keep giving it. You keep giving it status by showing it, showing up. So it's like. At, at what point do you either just not show up or just do something else, you know? Right. And really not show up instead of mm -hmm. like, you know. Yeah, but she game. Yeah, but she low-key mocked uh Will Smith enough for both boycotting the Grammys, but it's like she that's what led to them recognizing rap. So it worked. <laughs> exactly. You know, so. scat. <laughs> Just don't watch them like I don't. I mean, but, I, um, I watch it for the performances. I mean, because they, I mean, right. it's just you know, everything like that. But at this point, it's just like I, I just, you know, if they win, fine. If they don't, you know, whatever. As Miley Cyrus said, mm -hmm. her, you know, her life was good before she won. It's, it was it's all right after she won. So, oh, she said that on stage. Mm -hmm. She once said, "My life was good yesterday." Before I not in oh, like man. a not, not in like a nasty way, but it's like you know. She had yeah. perspective. <laughs> you know, she wouldn't announce her album on stage like, you know, Miss Swift was. But, uh... <laughs> what do you think about her? Because I, I, sometimes I joke about her white Beyonce. I mean, uh... Okay. Um, I just... It don't resonate with me. I just, it just doesn't. She just... She just I, I, get, I hear her songs and it's like, I get why they, these songs are popular. And and I get you know they're catchy they're you know people can sing along with them or whatever, but I just I don't it just don't it just don't with me <laughs> you know in particular with her when she how she's been trying to perform in the last couple of years from what I've seen because I haven't really watched a lot of, but the clips that I've seen is like she's trying to channel a certain she's trying to channel a certain performance style. Uh, 
that is inform that's informed by like kind of like a gay aesthetic in a way, in, to my opinion. But she doesn't like <laughs> she can't she, she can't carry it off. She doesn't get she doesn't give you mother. Like whatever you think of Beyonce, she gives you mother. When I, when I say mother, I mean that in terms of like you know a, a certain panache, certain style, a certain way that she kind of commands the, the the stage. You know, Beyonce gives you that. Um, <laughs> Bless you. Uh, I think Jenna oh. gives you that. Jenna, Jenna gives you that. You know, um, Diana back in the days, or still, you know, she gives you. She gives a certain presence that, like, like diva. Taylor doesn't give you diva. She gives you. You know, I feel like she, 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 she is more than lame, like a, a Carol King or like a Stevie Nicks or something. You know, but she's like trying to like do something else aside from that. It's like, and doesn't quite add up to me you know so and you know as far as her and and travis is like you know they're trying to make a fetch happen media wise you know i don't know what how they they, they two of them actually feel, feel by each other but it's like you know <laughs> trying to make fetch happen just in terms of them just, you think, just in terms you think of, it, it feels like a ploy in terms of the media coverage it does like oh like he's a he's, he's a football player oh she's a pop star i don't get together <laughs> yes you know just like <laughs> You know, it's just like it's like goddamn. It's like it's a, it's a, it's a, it doesn't feel organic. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like organic public fascination. The way Can that they make it to the Super Bowl. That's the crazy part, right? Like, wow. Like if you, if you could, like if you compare that to like, I'm trying to think of somebody, you can compare that to like um, Benefer back in the day. That felt like genuine public fascination or Britney and Justin. Like, yeah, like, obviously it was media involved, but it's like it felt like the public was genuinely interested, interested in these two people. I don't feel that with those two. No, nah, it's not like that because a lot of people resent it. Like, mm-hmm. I know people got sick of them mm-hmm. showing her so much on the TV. And that's why I made the joke about her being white Beyonce because it was like <laughs> records being broken because her fans started watching and fights yeah, like and like <laughs> TV ratings and shit. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I mean, you know, if someone's a fan is listening to, to, to this podcast, by all means, you know, crank up, shake it off, or or cool something and have a and have a ball. Like, I'm, and I mean this, not shake. It's like you know, everybody like what they like, you know. But it's just like I, it just doesn't appeal to me. I get it too, because I'm an old ass man at this point, and I'm not her core demographic. I think that last album was probably a a, a step in a more um in a sound that I would actually listen to. But even then, it's still not my my cup of tea, you know. And some of her hits are catchy and um stuff like that. But I just never craved to hear Taylor mm-hmm. Swift music like that, you know. I think I I, I took my hat to her. anybody that can sell that many records and sell off shows in mm-hmm. this day and age and the streaming age. And that's still a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean. I joke about calling her white Beyonce. Trust me, <laughs> it's just a joke. But I only say that because her star power, she's one of the last people that still exist that can match that type of um, yeah. aura, if you will. Yeah, yeah the only thing that's only thing that I don't like, two things uh, is, is, was, is, at least one, two things I don't like. One, uh, is, one thing I don't like is just the way that, um, I guess it's with any fan base, but like her fans is like, they treat, they, anytime people want to like, Criticize her. It's like they, they they treat her like she's like some helpless little girl. It's like this woman is thirty four, put on thirty five. <laughs> she is not helpless. She is an apt, very shrewd businesswoman who knows exactly what she's doing. You do not like you don't have to like 
treat you like a child. She's not a child. She's a, she's a grown up, you know. So I don't like that aspect of it. And I, you know, um, she also comes from wealth. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you know, like if she didn't decide to be a musician, she would have been Fine. a okay. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, that's the only thing I'm more irritated about that, and then and then and it's the fact that her, like I guess like any stand base, sometimes they they tend to speak and and just do some head scratching takes. Like they had this one video came across where these two two women were talking about how you know they were debating whether uh, Taylor Swift was a better singer than Whitney, and I was like, yeah, never, you know, <laughs> ever, <laughs> you know, again, lovely voice, but not Whitney, not technically at all. You there? Yeah. Oh, Robbie there. My bad, I had it on mute. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. I was like, man, my bad. I was like, man, I was like, well, I guess we'll get ready to wrap it up. But uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, we get ready to wrap it up. Uh, it's been a pretty good episode. We get these episodes out in a timely fashion. We'll have another episode due probably at the top of March. Uh, but until then, keep our eyes open, eyebrows raised, and be kind to each other, man. Don't be out here looking crazy either. <laughs> so, we out. All right.